Caution, the Mark Unger Show contains adult content intended for an adult audience. And, besides that, he's really weird. Welcome to the Mark Gunger Show with international marriage speaker and author of Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage, Mark Gunger. This is your source for practical, down-to-earth marriage advice without all the over-spiritualization or romantic nonsense. And now the host of the Mark Gunger Show, Mark Gunger. With delirious joy, they've joined the Mark Unger Show, the show that deals with all things concerning... Knowledge. Indeed. I'm your host, the one, the only, Mark Gunger. Joining me as always, the very lovely and charming Diane Briley <laughs> and the amazing Philip James Gunger. You guys are kind of almost matching we are. here. We're shades of green. <coughs> shades Not shades of, of gray, shades of green. I don't know what I am. I'm a little bright today. <laughs> If your You're television, kind of neutral, is, you if your television is glowing, it's because I have a pretty bright uh, jacket on today. The show is being engineered, by all, as always, by the very talented but eerily creepy <laughs> Timothy Robert Ray, pushing buttons, twisting knobs, and trying to stay awake during the production of this program. This is the show that handles all your marital challenges, relational conundrums. Do you know what a conundrum is? It's a problem. It's an issue. There you go. And dating dilemmas. Yeah. That you can email to us at ask, A-S-K, at markgunger.com. Here's how the show works. You can send us a question about anything and remain totally anonymous. Nobody will know who you are. We, in turn, then, are brutally honest. This is the show of brutal honesty. Some people are not comfortable with that, whatever. But in, in reality, you wouldn't be this brutal <laughs> with someone in real life. But we're just trying to cut past all the nonsense. And while every other show in the world is concerned about how you feel and how sensitive you are, we don't care. This is the show we say we don't care how you feel. And for all those of you listening and you hear us <laughs> being very strong with people, Keep in mind, they know this is coming. We warn them at the show. When they email us, we warn them again. Are you sure you want us to respond? Yes. He's going to be very strong with you. Yes. I want to hear what he has to say. Okay, so it's not like a shock. It's like when you come to somebody and say, you know, uh, you know, you say something to them, all of a sudden they're real just in your face about it. That's kind of shocking. But if you come to someone and say, what do you think? And say, I don't know if you want to know what I think. Yeah, I do, I do. Well, are you sure? Yeah, I really. And then they tell you, well, it's a little bit different now because you were asking for it. So, <laughs> believe it or not, these people are asking for this abuse. Anyway, if we uh, like your email, we like what you're thinking, we will celebrate you. If not, we will castigate you. Fair warning. If we think you are a little crazy, we'll stick your head in the toilet and give you a swirly. Hopefully the water spinning around your face will knock you out of your delusions. If we think you're really crazy, you'll get a goat button. <laughs> And nobody knows why it's a goat. And, of course, if you go on with too long of an email, you get the chicken. You get all three, you are officially crazy. So, anyway, that's three versions of castigation on the show. 
What have you got for us today, this Lady is an D? Interesting little study. I think you'll like this. It came out of UCLA. Researchers asked just married couples in their mid twenties how they saw their marriage unfolding over the next four years. Then they checked in with them every six months over the time, next time period. Almost everyone predicted that the relationship would stay stable, but at the end, of course, everybody experienced minimal decline. But most interesting, here's the part that you talk about. <laughs> they experienced minimal decline. Well, most marital, I mean... Marital decline. Marital decline. But okay. I mean, some of them just more minimal decline. Okay. Wives with the cheeriest initial outlooks ended up showing the sharpest drops. <laughs> now, notice the study is pointing out the women. Yes. <laughs> People get on me sometimes. You do hard on women. It's just that, listen, the problem with so many marriages is women come into them with such unrealistic expectations. That's what they And said. I have pointed out this many times. It is the female gender... That is frustrated the most with marriage. Certainly in Western culture, eighty yes. percent of all divorces in America are filed by women. Most men, if you ask them about their marriages, say it's just fine. Mm-hmm. They're fine. It's the women who are going crazy. That's what they said. The higher right. the expectation, the more likely that they would be miserable down the road. They said the trick is to set realistic expectations right off the bat. That means being clear that things happen and relationships aren't always easy. And knowing that from the get-go, instead of unrealistically expecting happily ever after. Knowing that from the gecko. Not the gecko. We don't have geckos here. It's too cold in Wisconsin for geckos. It's too cold for humans. (laughs) I thought that was interesting. The higher your bar is... We've always known this. I know, but now they've done a study. I love it when the studies back back you up. The people who are the most optimistic and highest expectations. Ah, ah. And and listen, (laughs) help your young people, especially you young girls, all you churches out there, all you youth leaders. There is an insane practice that churches have been practicing for decades now. It's they take the young girls in their youth groups and they sit them down and ask them to write out all their expectations in a man. And they make it, oh, this ideal thing and all spiritual. And they have one page after another page after another page of all these expectations. All you're doing is you're, you think you're helping. You're not helping. You're creating an unrealistic ideal that they cannot reach. No man can reach. It's one of the reasons why a lot of these girls are still 43 and still single. Because they can't find anybody who fits that list like that. Stop it. Okay, and here's another shocker for you people. Marriage was never designed. Ladies, listen to me. Marriage was not designed to make you happy. Did anybody hear me? Pay attention, class. Marriage was not designed to make you happy. If you're a miserable chick, good Lord, stay single. Because one miserable chick who marries another miserable guy is just going to make marriage of two miserable people. Marriage isn't about making your happiness and giving you your soulmate and filling all the desires of your heart and soul. Marriage is about joining with someone to build a life together. And one of the primary reasons for marriage, quite frankly, is to fulfill the sexual uh, desire that people have. That's what the Bible teaches. Mm-hmm. Do churches talk about this? No, no, no. We talk about oneness and one in the spirit and spiritual union and how God's going to fulfill this. And no wonder we have so many people who are stinking miserable. Stop. You know, you want to have the best of expectations, but not unrealistic expectations. And I promise you, when you have someone sit down and they write out page after page after page of what they think is the perfect man for them, 
you are setting them up for disaster. Please, for the love of heaven, stop it. Let's use our brains. Let's be wise. Let's be intelligent. Okay, let's take a break. <laughs> and we'll be back with more right after this. Have a marriage dilemma? Email your questions to ask at markgunger.com and Mark can answer them during one of our shows. This podcast of The Mark Gunger Show is being brought to you by audible.com and my dancing kiwi. La la la, which if you're listening, you can't see it anyway. <laughs> Actually, this is for the audible version of it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. They can't see it. You can't see it. I have a little dancing kiwi here, and he's part of this. Anyway, this program is being brought to you by audible.com, the leading provider of audio books in the world. Over 100,000 titles of books that you can listen to. Magazines, articles, all kinds of stuff. Fiction, nonfiction. Uh, for the listeners of the Mark Gunger Show, if you'll go to audiblepodcast.com slash gungor, G-U-N-G-O-R, they will give you a free download. Any, any book that you want, absolutely free. Try it. See what, how it works for you. As you're driving around in your cars and all the other stuff that you're doing, walking around, you know, cleaning dishes or whatever, and you're, you, know, you can put in earbuds and, and just listen. You'll, you'll, you'll be able to get some information in your head that you wish you had time to read, and a lot of us just don't have the time today. Well, now we have these audiobooks, and it really helps. You'll also get a 30-day free trial. So go to audiblepodcast.com slash gunger, audiblepodcast.com. There's probably a book in there about how to talk. Audiblepodcast.com slash gunger, and look at all the uh, different things they have to offer. Do it today. The Reverend Jimmy Bratcher. Check out his music at jimmybratcher.com. You are listening to or watching the Mark Gunger Show. Talking about love, marriage, and relationships. Answering your emails along with uh, Diane Briarly and Phil Gunger. Just a quick uh, shout out. We have uh, uh, a wonderful uh, connection with uh, Sky Angel Television. Mm -hmm who has uh, two channels on a DISH network for all the people who uh, have DISH network satellite systems, and there's millions of people who do. We are now on two channels on DISH network, channel 262 and 266. The show is aired on Monday, Friday, and Saturday. There's four times a week that they're airing the program. Uh, anyway, you can check out our website at uh, markungershow.com and uh, find out more information. But anyway, for all the people, more and more people getting a chance to... Uh, Listen to the show. We're excited about it. That's cool. Very, very cool. All right. What do you got? Okay. First email today says, my wife and I have been married for five years now. Mm -hmm. We have a good sex life, but my wife wants me to perform oral sex on her, which I've refused to do. I am uh -huh. not comfortable with it. I don't think that it's right, and I don't think that it's hygienic. Uh -huh. She doesn't buy any of my arguments. I really want to please her, but would prefer that it didn't involve oral sex. Isn't God against this kind of sex? I want to please him and definitely won't do it if he's against it. How do I get my wife to quit asking me for this kind of sex and just be content with the good old-fashioned way of doing things? The good old-fashioned way. <laughs> Hallelujah. I like the good old-fashioned way. 
Uh, now, in all honesty, his wife was sexually active before she married yes, him. Yes, I got some more information. Okay. They were both sexually active, then they became Christians and were celibate for a year or two before they married each other. But yeah, she yeah. had experienced this in the past, and he did say when they were first married, he did it because that's what she wanted, but he does not want to do it. Yeah, okay. So, part of the problem here, oftentimes couples who have... This is one of the reasons you don't want to be sexually active before you get married. Or you want to be more cautious marrying someone who was sexually active before marriage because they tend to do things and discover things that are important to them. They imprint on these things and then they want it in their marriage. Some of them are fine, some of them are really gross and disgusting, and some are somewhere in the middle. So that's the problem. She is, is she got attacked, or she became attached to something. Mm -hmm. See, if they would have been married as virgins, that had never been an issue. Yeah. But she did this with other men, and she yeah. really liked it. Well, now she comes and no, she, she wants, wants him it. to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, and there could be weirder things. All in all, uh, is God against it? I don't think he's against it. I don't think the Bible actually even talks much about it. There's some that say there's some obscure passages in uh, the Song of Solomon that kind of reference it. But that's really not the point. Here's the, the deal, people. <clears throat> you're supposed to be lovers to each other. What part of lover insists that your spouse do something they don't want to do? You're no longer acting in love. Now, if they don't want to have sex at all, now you got an issue. That's a problem. But when they're willing to have sex with you and fulfill your sexual needs, for you to push that and say, yeah, but I want to do this, and I want you to do that. I want you to stick this in your ear and do this in your eyeballs and all the other different weird things that people keep coming up with, you know, that's where you start crossing the line. Now, people say, well, is there anything morally right or wrong about some of these things? I don't know. That's not the question. You're asking the wrong question. Uh, the question is, do they want you to do it? And if the answer is no, then you should not do it. It's just that simple. Uh, so oftentimes, it's men who insist their wives do it, and wives often don't want to do it. Or actually, quite frankly, about 50-50 I've heard, where women want their husbands to do it, and the husbands don't want to do it. And, and it becomes a problem. Again, you're supposed to be lovers to each other. Make love to each other. Don't ask and insist on something that grosses out your spouse. Why do that? What part of, what version of lover is this? We think, well, I, I get to have this because that, that's not being a lover. Lover puts somebody else first. I know couples, uh, they, they don't ever French kiss because one spouse is totally grossed out. They just can't stand it. Mm -hmm. Just, it just grosses them out. They can't handle it. Now, most people would certainly think that's a fairly benign thing and not a big deal and certainly would not say there's anything in the Bible wrong about it. And preachers might even preach why. It's a good thing to do all these things. I think we're missing the point. If you've got one person who really is, it's not that they're mean, evil people. They are literally grossed out. <laughs> by you in their, in their mouth. They just don't like it. Or whatever else thing that you're coming up with, they just, they don't like it. If you're a lover, why insist on doing that? As long as you can still have sex the good old-fashioned way. And people, here's the other thing. People act like sex the good old-fashioned way is boring. That's another problem. We have taken this incredible thing called sex, and because we've been exposed to a very sexual culture that is by and large very twisted, uh, that version of sex now is the most boring possible version of sex that you can have. My guess is that she learned that that is the, maybe the easiest and quickest way for her to reach orgasm, and that that's what she is want, why she's wanting him to do it. Yeah, I guess. I'm just you know. guessing. I'm filling in the lines. There. No, no, no. I, I, it doesn't really matter if he doesn't want to do it. Okay, why yeah. are you insisting that someone do something that grosses them out? And let me get back to this thing. A lot of people think that normal, just normal mm -hmm. sex, is boring and stupid. That's how crazy we've yeah. become. I mean, boring. If normal sex to you is boring, 
there's really something wrong with mm-hmm. you. Okay, I've never been bored having sex. Going, oh, this is kind of a drag. You know, picking up a magazine article and reading it while you're having sex. I mean, who who thinks like that? The only reason people think like that is because they've either been exposed to it somewhere else or they read about it and saw it online. Or That's the problem with all this stuff. And here's the other kicker. Studies have been done uh, that measure... Uh, the maximum amount of endorphins released into your bloodstream when you achieve an orgasm. Okay, right? They've done mm-hmm. this. Uh, for example, masturbating, they say now, is really not, they don't even consider it real sex at all. When you, when you have normal sex, as this guy said it, you get 400% more endorphins released into your bloodstream than when you masturbate. I mean, it's, it's just, uh, but it goes beyond that. We talk about that often with masturbating. Mm-hmm. They study this about every form of sex. Yes. Every conceivable, and I won't go down the list <laughs> so I don't gross everybody out. There's all kinds of ways to put this, there, and the other, okay? And they have studied this. And these weren't Christians who studied this. No, it was not. These were heathens who actually were upset with the results mm-hmm. because they were very pro every other version of yes. sex because they bought into this lie that normal sex is a drag, right? So they studied this. is done in the UK. Brody's his name. Stuart Brody. Stuart Brody did this. You can look it up. Online, just Google Stuart Brody. You'll see his studies. And the conclusion of all their studies is the only version of sex that gives absolutely the maximum amount of endorphin release into your bloodstream, which creates an orgasm, is penile vaginal sex, normal everyday sex. Oral sex doesn't do it. Hand sex doesn't do it. All the other versions that I don't want to list. We're not naming. They, they just don't do it. So all you people who are thinking that you're being robbed somehow, isn't it interesting that the version of sex that every study has been shown that gives you the maximum sexual fulfillment is what is poo-pooed the most? Mm-hmm. You know, that's just, that's just boring sex. You need. And I just believe it's driven more by lust and, and uh, you know, dissatisfaction and, you know, all this crazy stuff and unrealized expectations. So... I wouldn't do it just because your spouse doesn't want it. That's all you really need to know, in my opinion. You want my opinion? That's my opinion. And for the record, all you people who are just obsessed with wishing your spouse would do all this other stuff, you've got to know the max possible uh, physical pleasure release that you can have is with good old-fashioned, normal, everyday, regular sex. You can't get there with the other ones. And it's just a fact. All right, we'll take a break, and we'll be back with more right after this. Attend Mark's Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage event. Visit LaughYourWay.com for upcoming dates and locations. She's always the perfect lady. Always she my baby. She looks at me and it's plain to see. She's the one who makes me weak in the knees. We're back on the Mark Gunger Show, talking about love, marriage, and relationships. Mark Gunger, along with Diane Briley and Phil Gunger, answering your emails. Now, at the beginning of the show, we put a warning all the time, because this show contains adult content. It's not intended to be crude or, or nasty or anything like that. It's just what makes the show different is we will, in fact, answer questions that most... I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know any other Christian no. show that will answer this. Nor do I. And these are Christian people. By and large, our audience is yes. a Christian. Not all of them. Yeah. But by and large... We get almost all our questions about yeah. sex. Almost all of them. Because people have these serious questions that people don't want to talk about. And it creates all kinds of problems. So we say, hey, we'll talk about it. And as a result, not 
a whole lot of stations are comfortable carrying the show, but God bless the ones that do. And if you don't like this, don't call your station. I don't think they should talk about that on TV. Who's supposed to talk about it? The heathens talking about it. You turn on any secular station, they'll talk about this stuff. You turn on Christian stations, you don't hear anything. The silence from the church is deafening. And it's ruining and messing with people's lives. We have to be big boys and girls. Put on our big boy panties. And oh, boys should wear panties. <laughs> big boy boxers. Big boy. <laughs> that little mix Boys, up there. quit wearing your panties. Yeah. <laughs> big, big boy panties, boxers and big, big boy girl boxers. panties. And get serious and start talking about these things. So. We got this email. This guy wants to know, you know, my wife wants me to give her oral sex and I don't want it. It grosses me out. And I said, look, you shouldn't try and you shouldn't insist on someone doing something they don't want to do. And he's looking for a biblical reason. There is no biblical anything about that stuff. Then you don't need one. You're supposed to be lovers to each other, being kind to each other. And I pointed out that at the end of the last segment that uh, we live in a culture that is bored with regular sex and they're always trying to find newer ways they're just looking for dissatisfaction. They want to, I'm telling you, is this driven by Satan who wants to make people miserable and they keep coming up with new crazy ideas? So I was kidding around saying, you know, we don't want to list all the names, you know, people sticking stuff this here in their eyeballs and everything else, just trying to be silly like I normally am. During the break, you tell me. Tell me about the eyeballs. Apparently, it's either China or Japan. I can't recall which, but they have this fetish thing going on now with eyeball licking. It's supposed to be this big erotic experience that it's not like licking your eyelid it's eye open eyeball licking and that they have problems with people having these eye infections and stuff that they're okay. doing this for sexual so some, reasons i'm telling you there's some idiot somewhere they've come up with they're always pushing the envelope they have so maxed out their sexual experience and they've so overexposed themselves that they're so dissatisfied they're always looking for something weird so now it's eyeball licking I don't Look like at your eyeball, an and they're getting infections <laughs> because people have lost their ever-loving minds. And some Christian somewhere is going to write us, is it against the Bible to lick people's eyeballs? I want to lick my wife's eyeballs. You won't let me do it. And I'm thinking, seriously, no. The Bible doesn't say anything about eyeball licking. Use your brain. It doesn't make sense. Besides, if your spouse doesn't want you to lick their eyeball, you shouldn't be insisting on that. And then Phil tells me, Phil, tell me about the latest thing that you heard. You tell, then you get in trouble, and I don't have to get in trouble. <laughs> Apparently, uh, the big thing is is a man sticking his paraphernalia in the girl's armpit. Yeah. And thrusting in her armpit. Yeah. What the heck is that? So, so the word for that is... Bagpiping. Bagpiping. So, so, so you, we've lost our minds. When you're no... Here's the problem. When you are not interested in your wife's vagina... And you are more interested in her armpit because you want to have play the bagpipes. I mean, good Lord, we have lost our ever-loving minds. And I'm telling you, this is, this is, I know, don't, don't write us because we want to, we don't want to know what you think about this stuff. And don't yell at your stations for playing the show. This is what people are doing. Honestly. The armpit. The armpit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Be- because they are bored. They are bored with real I'm sorry, normal sex. As a sex. woman, that's boring. Well, that's <laughs> boring. If there's nothing more boring than my armpit. <laughs> Good lord! I mean, these people are insane. They've just lost their minds. 
And this is what is destroying people's marriages and their frustration with because they look at normal sex as boring. When in fact, every study has shown the only way to maximum sexual uh, fulfillment is through normal sex. That's what. And they've said, again, look at Google, Stuart Brody. All you people don't believe me. Just go on your. Super. And he's not a Christian. In fact, he complains about the study. He says he's really upset that Christians will probably use this he study like that. to beat up on, you know, what do you think? Because all this stuff that the world is throwing at you, you got to do this and you got to stick it here. You got to put it in an armpit and you got to lick eyeballs and all this stuff. We've lost our minds. Just be lovers to each other. We'll be back with more right after this. Caution. The Mark Hunger Show contains adult content intended for an adult audience. Do you really know what I'm feeling? <laughs> Do you really care that you've stolen my heart? I don't really know. Oh, can I turn the air conditioner? <laughs> you are watching and are listening to the Mark Gunger Show. <clears throat> We're not trying to be crude. We're not. We, we could be. <laughs> But we're not. We are just talking about people insisting they're bored with normal sex because they've overstimulated them. You know what it is? If you're bored with normal sex, quit having sex for a while. You know what it is? It's like somebody who eats all day long. And then they're bored with food. And they've got to find something spicier and hotter and crazier. To some other, and they're always looking for something else. You know, it's just, it's, that's not good for you. You're bored with eating fast for a day or two. Man, he give you a peanut butter sandwich. You'll think, man, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Fast for a week. It'll taste really great. Okay? These people, if you're bored with sex, stop having sex for a while. Just tell, The Bible even talks about this. Mm-hmm. You can tell your spouse, look, let's not have sex for a period of time. Give yourselves a fasting prayer. Whatever, you come back together again, you're going to be very happy when you come back together again. This overstimulated, and then you guys who are looking at porn and stuff, and you keep seeing these stupid concepts of always pushing the envelope. People bored with sex. It's got to be oral sex. It's got to be licking eyeballs. It's got to be sticking in somebody's armpit, you know, whatever else like that. It's just we've lost our minds in this country throughout the world because they're constantly uh, searching for the next buzz, the next high. Something's got to be better. It's like like a drug addict, you know. Cocaine isn't enough. Mm -hmm. You got to do crack, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, You can't just snort something. You got to shoot it up. I mean, they're always pushing it. And it's like that with this whole sexual thing. So anyway, are there any moral prohibitions in the scriptures against, you know, oral sex? No, there's not. Are there any moral (laughs) prohibitions against licking someone's eyeball? Now, how does that help sex? I don't even want to (laughs) know. I said, I don't even like to get an eyelash in my eye. I mean, how irritating is that? Well, see, people actually sell this. You can get a real high sexual experience if you lick their eyeball. So the people are trying it. Oh, yeah. Because they're bored with what they got. You know, and now... (laughs) (laughs) We got sticking it in someone's armpit. I mean, seriously! I just want to know who thinks of these well, things. I just, they're just sicko, crazy people who, who are bored with what God intended, and they keep pushing the envelopes. You know, 
I'm pushing 60 years of age. You think, you think you've heard it all. Oh, no, I would have you thought think? so. This <laughs> one think? is a new flat, new one to me. <laughs> you think you've heard it all. <laughs> Apparently, we haven't. My goodness. Like, oh. And, of course, then the church won't talk about it. No. Nobody wants to talk about it. Oh. And then people run around confused in the church. That's why this show exists. So you can ask us, we'll tell you what we think. Okay. All right. Might I play devil's advocate for just a minute here? Go ahead. <laughs> because you're the devil. That's what he usually says. Get back, witch! Yeah. Okay. Just back to the original question, because you're saying if you force your spouse what the original question to do something <laughs> that you don't want to do, that that's being selfish. Yeah, yeah. Now, how would you answer, because I have heard people ask this, that the one wanting it isn't being any more selfish than the one denying it, that... That they're being selfish because they won't give the person what pleases them. How do you address that? Because I have been asked that question. I know. If, if, what if it comes just plain sex, if someone says, I will not have sex with you, the regular, normal, mm-hmm. we all know this is how it starts. No one, when you're first discovering sex, you're not looking for somebody's eyeball. No, but a lot of people do the oral sex thing first. That is true, and they get addicted to that stuff. And they're doing all of that. The bottom line is, if they won't have regular sex with you, that's a problem. But beyond that, no, I don't think it's about the other person not wanting to do it. They don't because they'll say the withholder of it, whether it's oral sex or whatever. First of all, there's no place in the Bible that even talks about these things, despite what people say. Nothing in there about oral sex or eyeball sex or big piping. I can't, I can't, can't get, get your play. button. <laughs> what's, what's the matter with this thing? Here, come on. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's not painful. So, you know, they're not talking about any of these things. You know, I, I, no, I disagree. Look, everybody can have their opinion. They want to know my opinion. Yes. My opinion is you're not being a lover if you're asking your spouse to do something they don't want to do. I don't care if it's just French kissing mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Some of the people are bothered by some stuff. Some people, if you, you try and kiss her neck... She's so ticklish. Yeah. She just giggles and screams, oh, yeah. stop it, stop it. Yeah. Then well, you know, of course, he's, he, maybe he was used to neck a lot with other yeah. girls or something. See, that's the problem with having sex with other people. Yeah. Well, come on, I want a neck. She won't let me, ah! You know, what are we supposed to do? She's got a ticklish neck. She doesn't want somebody kissing her and neck. Right, I don't think that it matters if you haven't experienced that. Because if you stumble upon somebody's ticklish neck, it's like, oh, it's just ticklish. And you don't have the want and the need and the desire because you have not experienced it. That's where, you're right. That's where the problem comes in. I'm always right. Well, I don't know about that, but. <laughs> just have to stop that. Every time you put the bagpipes, <laughs> Phil giggles. And when Phil giggles, Diane laughs. <laughs> I'm just... Oh, wow. <laughs> they say you learn something new every day. I could have gone my lifetime without learning this one. There's a uh, council of people that sit around coming up with uh, heaven. It, there'll be something else, I promise you. I don't think they've involved the ear yet. There's got to be something with the ear. Oh, if you go looking, you is might there, find oh, it. I'm sure you there might is. find oh, it. Oh, good lord. <laughs> you might. Okay, ready to move on? I think we need to move on. <laughs> 36 minutes of bagpiping and other fun things. Bagpiping? Oh, for the love of heaven! Of all the... (laughs) Okay. 
Okay, what do you got? I was going to say something, but we'll just yes, hold pass. hold back, we'll hold back, move on. Yes. Okay, she says, "I have a twenty-year-old son. Stop, Phil. <laughs> I have a twenty-year-old son who sleeps at his girlfriend's house every night." Yeah, I know. Different generations laugh at different things. Yeah, I guess. this is the most I've ever heard him laugh at anything. No, no, the greatest laugh fest ever was several years ago when we were going down the list of Chuck Norris jokes. I thought I was going to have to be taken to the emergency room listening to him laugh because it was making me laugh so hard. I don't know. Different strokes. It you was know. So funny. Apparently, you know, young people today. This is really funny to them. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a little mortified by it all. Actually, like, seriously. Anyway, okay. I just heard about it, and I never, you know, you're really painting the picture. <laughs> he didn't give it this much thought when he heard it. And all of a sudden, you actually play the bagpipes. That is quite hilarious. <laughs> all right. Okay. Anyway, twenty-year-old okay. son sleeping at yes. the girlfriend's house every yes. day. He twenty-year-old yes. son sleeping at his girlfriend's yes. house every night. Yes. He tells me they are not intimate. Don't really believe that. Uh-huh. And won't listen to reason as to why he shouldn't sleep there every night. His girlfriend's eighteen. Her uh-huh. parents don't mind at all, They're and idiots. we don't let our children's partners sleep at our house. Uh-huh. What can we say that would convince him otherwise? Because uh, just saying it's wrong doesn't cut it. We are a Christian family. Have raised our children up with good morals. His girlfriend's family are not Christians. Can you please advise? This is a woman, no doubt, writing. Oh, yes. You know, women always want to know, what can I say? What can I say? <laughs> what can I say? Because I tell them it really bothers me, and I don't think we should do it. <laughs> what is with women in the saying? Women are so into words. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and this will sound very extreme and highly, what's the inflammatory. word? Inflammatory. Inflammatory. But try not to have a knee jerk reaction. Just listen for a minute. It's, it's akin to witchcraft, okay? You know what witchcraft is? Witchcraft is finding the right words, the right incantation, you know, to make somebody do something. And women just love words. What can I say to make my husband do? What can I say to have this, you know? You know, how he's so obnoxious, you know? I have newt, wing of bat. How dare you say that I'm too fat? You know, they, they've got their goofy little things. They want, and they're right people with me, and they're talking to the pastors, and they're trying to, what can I I say what can I say what can I say there's nothing you can say okay there's a time where it gets beyond words and there's consequences now he's 20 years old he's an adult he can move on I but I promise you if I have a 20 year old son who was raised in the church and raised by Christian principles chances are if he is First of all, if he's got a heathen girlfriend, I'm going to have a problem with that anyway. That was the first thing I mean, so that popped out in my mind. Anyway, it's like he the... was raised as a Christian kid. Apparently, Why didn't nah. you cut off the dating business and teach him to date girls who were Christian? Yeah, because they don't know what they're talking about. Everybody, people, everybody thinks they're a Christian. You know? So what, who even knows what that means to her? Uh, clearly, you failed in this regard because he's out there with some heathen girl anyway. Uh, what influence do you have? Uh, if my son... I shun my son. I know people don't like this, but there's a biblical principle called shunning where you basically don't have anything to do with someone who's acting immoral. Not someone, if you did that to everyone, the Bible says you couldn't talk to anybody. But we're talking to people of faith who know the right thing to do and don't do it. Paul writes and says, if you know of a brother who's living immoral, you don't even have lunch with him. Mm-hmm. It's called shunning them. You shun them. My guess is this my would Oh, I can't have not have lunch with him and, and he still has got to come over. We love it when he comes over. So, but what can I say? <laughs> what can I say? 
I should have asked her if he, I didn't think of it until right now when you were talking, if he lives at their house still, if he lives at home, but is staying at the house, at the girlfriend's house every night. But if he's living at the girlfriend's house, what the... You know, because it's like my son's living under my roof, but yet going and staying at the girlfriend's house every night, that probably isn't going to happen. In, in my home, seriously, if it were my son, there would be strong confrontation. There would be very strong condemnation. I wouldn't hate him, but he, no, I'd have a hard time dealing with him. We wouldn't be uh, encouraging to come over. We may not even want him to come over. We would shun him. It would be painful. It would be real painful. And people say, well, that's not love. Well, you know then the Bible's not full of love because the Bible says that you shun people who know better, who are supposed... Not people, you don't... We don't go out there and picket heathens. Christians go, oh, we're against gays and we're against people doing this. These people are crazy. You're not supposed to do that. you got to love people. But when you have someone who is raised in the faith, who's part of the Christian community, who's living immorally, the Bible says, to shun them. And I don't know what kind of shunning she's doing, but she doesn't want, most of these people, they don't want to really confront their children. I was like, you know, I'm not paying for college. You know, dad, I need some money. Well, you know, you start living right, let me know. You know, I mean, I'm telling you, I would cut them off. I wouldn't have, I'd say, look, I love you. I care about you. I'll be here. When you start to want to do life right, we will be here for you. But I wouldn't pay for a school. I I wouldn't help at all. unemployed and starving, that's his own problem, you know. I I would let it be like the uh, prodigal son who's out there eating with the pigs and finally got so frustrated, you know, until he finally came to his senses and came back to his father, you know. Oftentimes people don't come to their senses until they start really suffering at some point. But my guess, I don't know this. If I'm wrong, lady, don't get mad at me. I'm I'm just talking, in general, this is what happens. Parents, they don't shun them. Mm-mm. And women in particular, they don't ever want to confront. They don't want to do anything of the real things. They don't want to really make somebody pay or, or discipline their children. All this What they want to do is talk. What can I say? What can I say? <laughs> Pastor, have you got the magic word? <laughs> Good grief. All right, take a break. We'll be back with more right after this. Download your free Mark Gunger app today to see all of the latest from the world of Mark Gunger. I was born. There's a reason I did that. I'm sure there's a method to your madness. Daddy got drunk. Left me here to die or grow in the middle of tobacco The music of Jimmy Bratcher, the electric rev. Check out his music at jimmybratcher.com. You are part of the Mark Gunger Show, talking about love, marriage, and relationships, answering your emails. Mark Gunger, Diane Briley, Philip Giggly Gunger. (laughs) Okay, some praise and then a short question. I love the praise, yes. My wife and I love you. Please never quit. (laughs) My children are five, three. Oh, it's not a matter of quitting. It's more a matter of someone will take us off the air. He says, my children are five, three, and one, and they will be raised as Gungorians. Hallelujah. The question is, what do you know and think about homeschooling? Uh, I don't know much about it. I don't really have strong opinions one way or the other. Um, there's the positives. You know, obviously you keep them out of a very bad uh, environment, and you keep them in a healthier environment. The negative is... Uh, I just you just wonder how disciplined and qualified some of these parents are to homeschool. That's the negative side of it. Not all of them I, are. I can't imagine. You know, <laughs> I used to say to people <clears throat> when when they were first debating this because I wasn't real crazy about it in the beginning. I'd say, "Oh, just I have a question for you. How would have you liked to have been schooled by your mom?" 
and ninety percent of the people all say that to you, they all go, mm-hmm. <laughs> it hits them. Well, how do you know you're not as dorky as your mom? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say if I had been schooled by my mom, God bless my mom, <laughs> uh, I would have been highly uneducated. I'm pretty uneducated as this, yeah. you know. I, it just you Some know, it depends are cut on who out to do know. it. Some are not. <laughs> Careful. I had a homeschooler once with us, and we're in Washington, D.C., and we're driving by the White House. No, no. Yeah, we're driving by no, the White no, House. No. <laughs> and she goes, wow, look at that place. I said, yeah, I said, that's, that's the White House. She goes, wow, who lives there? How old was she? <laughs> 18. <gasps> <gasps> no. Yes. No, that's yes. not true. Yes, it's true. It's true. <gasps> and I thought... Okay, there's a knock on homeschooling right there because she had been homeschooled her whole life. But then on some the other of them, hand, you know, like some they of the win these, brightest yeah. kids in the world are yeah. homeschooled. Yeah. So, uh, what do I think about it? I, I don't really have a pro or con. Uh, there's, there's arguments you can make either way. To me, a lot of it has to do with are you capable of doing yeah. this? Because some parents are quite brilliant at it yeah. and very well disciplined, and they have strong disciplines in their homes, and the kids do study, and, and they score off the charts. And then some that I've seen are dumber than bricks, yeah. <laughs> only because they have a mom or a dad who just, they're very lackadaisical, yeah. and they don't really make them study yeah. anything, and yeah. there's no accountability to anything. And I personally know people on both sides of that coin. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I so do. that's my answer to to that. So I don't I don't really know. Anyway, so much for my thoughts on homeschooling. Uh, we'll take a break and be back with our final segment right after this. Sign up for Mark's newsletter for your chance to win a Kindle Fire. Visit LaughYourWay.com. Mark Gunger Show, answering, answering your emails about love, marriage, and relationships. What you got next? This question says, uh, my question has to do with couples that don't make it to the altar because they feel their callings don't match up. For example, she feels called to work with orphans in India, and his passion is for accounting. Granted, that's an extreme example. But do you think that people have a healthy expectation in this area or even have a healthy understanding of what a calling or purpose is? Or are people being selfish? They don't really want to submit to each other and just want to be able to do whatever they think their God-given purpose is. Or are they liars because (laughs) anyone who says they have a passion for accounting (laughs) is lying? (laughs) I have a... First of all, accountants don't have passion. That's pretty much true. (laughs) They just sit there and deal with numbers in a cubicle all day long. I have a passion for accounting. Uh, I, I just think whoever's asking the question is is overthinking it. You got someone who's dating and one wants to live in one part of the world, and someone wants to do something totally different that's incompatible. You stop dating. That's all. Well, we've had those questions though. People email. Well, you, you don't have to get into a big thing about who's being selfish and who isn't being selfish. Christians, we got caught up in some of the stupidest arguments. You know, it's just just clearly they should not get married. This takes a lot of intelligence to figure this out. I really want to serve God in India. Really? I want to go to Vegas. Well, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. You can't see that. I want to have 35 children. Really? I hate children. Well, maybe you shouldn't marry each other. You shouldn't be dating. Well, it's not I, really a question of selfishness. Then it's just, hey, you don't match up. That's what I'm saying. I know. 
I was so people all concerned about who doesn't get to the altar. Who cares? Thank God they didn't get to the altar. We need to get more people out of the altar. Yeah. Fewer people going Fewer to the people altar. Fewer people the, the altar that have problems. <laughs> and if you can see these problems up front, these are the people who should not be going to the altar. Don't be trying to get people to the altar when you know there's a problem. There's just a few more hours. That's all the time you've got. A few more hours before they tie the knot. Remember this movie? There's <laughs> drinks and girls. Get me to the church I on time. I love that one. Yeah. I thought you were going to play Going to the Chapel. No, 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 no. Go this is Get Me to the Church on Time. There's just a few more hours. They're yeah. trying to get my them fair off lady. to the... If my fair lady. Yep. Just... Why, why are we trying to get people to the altar? They shouldn't be at the altar. So I think it's... I appreciate the question, but it's a silly question, quite frankly. But it's perfectly appropriate because a lot of people think this way. Yes. They are desperately trying to get people... There are people who will go for marriage counseling before they get married. Just trying to make it work. Trying, trying to make, to make it, it work. Right. Yeah. Listen to me. If you need counseling before you get married, you are crazy to marry that person. Do not, anybody who needs counseling before the, you need to break it off and run for your lives. When you need counseling before you get married, goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. What do they think is going to happen? Of course, then they get married and they're really miserable. Yeah. I know people like this personally. <laughs> they, they're miserable with each other, just miserable with each other. And you talk to them and say, well, you know, we, we went to counseling before we got married and trying to fix some of these problems. And I just think, I told the dude, I said, if you'd have come to me, I'd have told you never to marry. Mm-hmm. Never get married. Because if when you know that you're at the level where you need serious intervention to get you to the altar, you should never go to the altar. Honestly, why people can't figure this out is stunning to Well, me. they think that they have to learn to handle the conflict and they have to learn no. how to tough it no. out. No. They, I'm no. telling no. you, no. I've heard no. it. No, 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 I've no. I've heard it. When you can't stand each other before you get married, that's a bad sign. Before you get married, you should actually like each other. Mm-hmm. You should be want to do life together. You should be planning. Mm-hmm. We're going to live in Bunga Bunga Land together. We're going to be that's exciting. And then when you do that, you're still going to drive each other crazy. Mm-hmm. But when at the beginning, I don't want to live in Bunga Bunga. Well, I want to live in Bunga Bunga. Well, I don't want to live in Bunga Bunga. What do they think is the answer to that? Uh, how crazy. do they think it can even be It's exactly what you rectified. said. They think, well, you need to overcome it and learn to commit. No, no, no. Listen to me, you people. Marriage under the most perfect of circumstances is extraordinarily difficult. That's what they don't get. Oh, so why you are trying to take a square peg and pound it into a round hole and trying to get counselors and the pastor and the family and you know you're headed for all these problems. Well, they need to learn it. No, they don't need to learn anything. They need to get away from each other. The people who actually like each other, they need to learn to get along after they get married. But when you have major problems up front, what are you people thinking? Oh, goodness. All right, we'll be back more. See you later. Bye-bye, boys. Have fun, Star.